to the Construction Big Breakfast, where we give you a hearty serving of insider tips and business strategies to help fuel your day so you can thrive in the construction industry. Now, here's your host. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Ben Pritchard, and welcome to another episode of the Construction Big Breakfast. Uh, Today, we'll be uh, doing something slightly different and diving into last week's Canadian Construction Association annual conference over at Vancouver. Uh, Joining me for today's podcast is our special guests and co-hosts of the uh, podcast who were lucky enough to attend the conference, Tim Fitch and Sheldon West. Um, Normally we ask for an introduction, but I don't suppose anyone needs an introduction from uh, both of you. you. as is tradition with the podcast, we obviously do have to ask you both, what did you have for breakfast? So, Tim, would you like to go first? I'm glad you asked me first because um, last night when I got home from work, Alison had made kedgeri for tea and there was a portion left over. So when I got back from the gym this morning, I had kedgeri for breakfast. How about that? Yeah, you may not know what that is. Those that don't know. It's basically carried fish rice with a uh, boiled egg or poached egg on top. Okay. Very nice. Sheldon, can you stop that? (laughs) No, not quite. Uh, For me, regular coffee. I had porridge and I made my eggs over easy today with some ketchup. So um, pretty uh, filling meal. Yeah. There you go. I mean, mine was, uh, it's becoming a bit of a, a thing for me when I'm coming into the office now. Uh, there's a new Greg's that's open up next to the station and I can get a bacon bap and a coffee for £2.50. Uh, great value, high quality, love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see how long that lasts, whether the uh, waistline starts to show it, but hopefully not with the walking in and out of the office every day. Um, so I guess the, the, the first thing, obviously, is um, you actually got to go to a in-person event um, and an in-person event where there was about, what, three, 400 people there? Yeah, there were. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose yeah, I suppose the first impressions for me were it was great to be 95% back to normal. Because <laughs> uh, whilst we were in Vancouver, um, we, kept, we got back, I got back at the weekend, um, the masks wearing anywhere was dropped on Thursday night. So the last day of the conference, there was, although you didn't wear it in the conference, if you're walking around the hotel, you, you were asked to, you, you didn't need to. And also, yeah, all of that. So coming back to the airport on the on the the, uh, the train, the underground in Vancouver, the, I didn't wear a mask. Plenty of people still were, I can understand that, but uh, it was freedom rebelling Tim against the norms although here in London yeah. nobody wears a mask anymore anywhere uh, and Sheldon yeah. from what I gather as well um, you know compared to uh, pre-Covid uh, conferences the use of technology has come along quite well and there was an app and it would tell you which session you were in and who this session who in the session was with you as well that must have been quite useful. Yeah, and I think, it, you know, it's great and needed, you know, having that virtual aspect where you can speak and talk to anyone around the world, really, who's attending this conference, but as well, that face-to-face conference in Vancouver was much needed. Um, it was great to see a lot of people I've connected with and spoken to over the years and over virtually and seeing them face-to-face and having conversations. Um, I, I think it was that time in Vancouver was something we all needed. 
um, trying to get back into that human connection and talking about uh, things that we love with, within construction. So it was great. Good, and um, certainly different from uh, uh, conferences over here in the UK. Uh, you got to go skiing on the first day. Well, I have to say that was a real bonus because because of COVID, I haven't been able to go. We've been due to go to Vancouver in 2020, then we rebooked for 21. We are going to go back, well, it's touch wood, nothing happens, in April for a family holiday. So it was, it was great to get on the skis up Grouse Mountain. You didn't go skiing, did you, <laughs> you went no. snowshoeing. Snowshoeing. So I, I do know how to ski and not that well yet. So I didn't want to embarrass myself and tumble down Gross <laughs> Mountain and end up in Vancouver City. So uh, I did snowshoeing uh, and it was great. Good workout. Um, I did it twice. So first time came back, had lunch and then went out again, did some more snowshoeing. So I had a fun time. Yeah, I learned something because although I'm a, I'm a very experienced skier, it was the first time I've been skiing wearing um, an Apple Watch, which I, I had a Fitbit before, but I don't recall it telling me how many calories I've burned. And three hours of skiing, it's 15, 1600 calories. So it nice. is one hell of a workout. Um, no wonder you have to eat a lot when you're going on skiing on the thing, because you, you have to, because 1500 calories of exercise is a lot. That is a lot. That is yeah. a lot. There is a lot. Anyway, um, as much fun as you had out there, that wasn't obviously the main purpose of. Uh, of the conference. It was also to help share uh, experiences, share learning. Um, and from what I saw of the uh, agenda over the few days, there were some really interesting topics um, to, to be called about. Uh, I mean, was there any uh, particular session, uh, Sheldon, that really resonated with you? Yeah, there are several sessions. I think the one that stood out for me was the discussion around um, the labor shortage and, and how to tackle that. I think in the past, um, we've all known about the labor shortage, what we're going to do to tackle that and get more people into trades. Um, yes, we focus on colleges and universities, but we have to hit them at a, at a younger stage um, and let kids know that, you know, construction isn't dirty or sometimes it can be dirty, but it's rewarding as well. Um, there's other professions that are just as great and you can make just the same amount of money getting into labor and in construction in Canada. So I think we have to work on um, getting that message across Canada and getting it um, clear that it's a profession that's great to be in. So I think that stood out for me uh, at the conference. Yeah, and the the other thing that I think we're not very good at as an industry um, in letting parents as well as children know is that it's an industry where you can really transform people's lives for the better, whether you're building homes, uh, infrastructure or something else. You know, we can have a massive positive impact uh, on the social and sustainable uh, side of life, which is obviously uh, something that the next generation seem very keen on uh, being a part of transforming. Uh, how about you, Tim? What stood out for you? Well, I definitely saw, picked up on that because I, I was there on the first day when we had that strategy session for the, 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 the members of the CCA and labour shortage was a big issue. The other one that came across loud and clear is that uh, Canada's short of export corridor infrastructure. So Canada's a net exporter. It's unlike the UK where we're, we're the net importer. It's a net exporter. It's got all this stuff that the rest of the world wants, whether it's 
softs like grain and cattle or minerals and uh, energy now, of course, which is a big issue, changed in the last few weeks, hasn't it? Um, going east and west, it's very difficult. You can't export LNG from Canada at the moment. There is no facility, although in the centre of uh, the country, Alberta region, there's masses of uh, natural gas and Europe and Asia want it and there's no means at all of getting it out of the country. So that's an obvious one. But it, it, all of the usual stuff that uh, is is constrained by the, the there's not is insufficient infrastructure east west and even going south into the US. So that came across as a big problem, a great opportunity for construction to solve it. It's something to do with finance. It's something to have a uh, strategic controlling mind. And I, I don't quite understand how these things work yet in Canada, but it, it's not an easy problem to solve. And what came out really interesting is that there's there's been some back and forth with the UK and other places around the world which have a strategic infrastructure authority. And they've been having dialogue to try and understand you know, how we've got on with that here in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, in a later podcast, I'm hoping to get Carlos Dade on, who was who was who led that uh, for Canada. So uh, he's he's in uh, touch with Woody. He, he really meant it when he said yes to me face to face. Well, sure well, he did. I guess if we just tag him in this and uh, put a bit of social pressure on him, hopefully. <laughs> <he'll>, uh... <laughs> Some of our listeners poke him on LinkedIn or something just to accept it then hopefully in a few weeks we can have it from literally the horse's mouth um what what's been going on to try and move this forward because what a great opportunity for construction in canada yeah yeah i mean that joined up thinking is important and what we've seen in the the uk is how it can uh really focus your mind in terms of how you digitally um uh, do things sort of a really promotion on BIM and things like that in the UK, how you procure differently, so procuring for value, all that. But even down to, you know, with a, um, a joined up pipeline um, on the infrastructure requirements in the UK, you can start thinking about how labour shortages can impact or how a mega project like High Speed 2 can all of a sudden suck up so much resource. You don't want to be doing other projects at the same time. So when we think of um, a lot of the problems we have in the UK that you've mentioned were clear and obvious um, in over in Canada at the conference, uh, having that joined up thinking, but it all also comes down to something else that I know was a hot topic over there last week, data. How you collect data on projects, collect data on labour, availability, requirements and things like that, and bring it all together into some sort of unified uh, I won't call it a data trust, uh, but more of a, a data lake or, or something like that, where people can use it to make insights on future requirements. Um, and data was something that came up a few times from what I understand. Yeah, in fact, on the the first sort of, I'd say, proper day of the conference, was after we got over the skiing, uh, there was a really good, interesting session uh, on data trusts um, in the morning. And uh, that was uh, chaired by David Bocott. I think you've met him, Ben. Um, yeah. From the insurance industry. And there are some great examples, uh, including some construction companies, but there weren't any great examples, including construction companies which were Canadian. Uh, 
so the, where, where they got these data trusts working in uh, Canada, they were European businesses that had made a contribution. And I think as we've seen back here in the UK, there, there is a, you know, people are, I would say frightened, but they're nervous about sharing all of their data, even with the, with the safeguards that you have within a blockchain type environment. As you know, I was going. I was going to say, go on then, Tim. <laughs> As you know, and I'm struggling to understand, but I'm trying. It's it's a concept that is not well understood by people of my age in, well, any 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 industry, but definitely construction. People have heard of it. They know it's probably a force for good, but they don't understand how it works, the implications, or anything like that. So. Similar to the UK, there's a there's a, there's a, there's an awareness, uh, but there's nervousness at the same time. I think that's what I I got out of that. Yeah, an opportunity. Yeah, and I think uh, Peter Pomelo touched on that regarding the CEO roundtable, and he talked about how there needs to be trust within the industry. Yes, data, but also trusting your partners and your clients. And once we do that, then we can better position ourselves to grow as a as an industry. Yeah, no, I mean trust is uh, uh, something. It's a sort of a hot topic for myself personally at the moment. This, um, you know, we talk about how contracts stop collaboration, how you know various other things stop progress. Uh, but for me, it all boils down to trust. Um, it's how you interpret and use that contract, how you interpret and use the uh, the data that you collect and ultimately there is a little bit whether we want to admit it or not a culture in construction of you're always worried someone's going to use it against you uh, rather than use it with you uh, which is where we want to try and change the mindset to in the industry yeah Certainly. i think yeah. that's exactly right it's yeah more than one session that whole issue around trust um resonated and came up and it's yeah, you're right. It's yeah. how do people move on to the the next level of working? I mean, collaboration was mentioned a few times actually, um, but it's it's a sort of almost being used generically without any worked examples. I think is the. So was there any mention of into the language? Is is yeah. my impression? Oh, so was there any mention of forty four thousand and one or anything like that? No. Back to day. Now, well, if anyone in Canada is interested in understanding the um, international standard framework for uh, collaboration, then please do get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, in all seriousness, uh, uh, yeah, this is business strategy for us, I suppose. There is that that ISO um, is a very good starting point, and it, it's the international gold standard about business to business uh, relationship management and development, and. Uh, but it's it's hard work. You need both parties to want to do it. That's for sure. Yeah. If there's only two parties, you've got more. Then you've got more than <laughs> No, certainly. Um, and uh, on the uh, last day, I think you mentioned Tim. There was a bit of a sort of economic forecast uh, provided. So does the future look bright for the industry and for Canada? Uh, right. So the the economic um, sort of roundup, which obviously did a it was a bit historic about what's happened over the past couple of years uh, and it was very very interesting i think canada was 
its economy behave fairly similar to the US and Europe in that um, <clears throat> on a domestic level, people saved more money. Uh, so the saving rates have really gone through the roof. Uh, no one spent any money on services because they couldn't go out for a meal or go on holiday, but they bought stuff. And so retail sales, albeit over the internet, went up very significantly, which is the exact opposite of what everyone thought would happen. Uh, of course, you know, you know my friend Ray, who runs a telescope retail operation, he had a record two years because when you've got nothing to do, particularly at night, you take up a hobby and one hobby you can do is astronomy. <laughs> yeah. uh, the other thing that the economist said, you know, the classic, everyone's now got a new new decking in the garden because that was all you could spend your money on. So his view was that going into the future, services are going to re rebound very quickly. So, you know, our holiday to Canada is an example of that next month. It's the first opportunity we really had. Um, and of course, everyone's the same, aren't they? We're enjoying occasionally going out for a meal now, which was very difficult or impossible before. And I think the same is true on the B2B front. So our business is a B2B business. And although we've got through um, uh, this pandemic, the second year was very difficult for us because <laughs> you don't have to spend money on uh, management services, do you? You know, if, you, if uh, things are difficult. So, and also distractive. So, <clears throat> I think it was good news for us, and I think it's good news for anyone in the service industry of all shapes and sizes going forward. Uh, on the other hand, inflation's going through the roof, um, particularly obviously now energy, although that's nothing to do with the pandemic. Uh, but there's a general increase in prices. Um, so that, that's what I got out of that. Very interesting, mostly optimistic. And Sheldon, I mean, in yeah. the GTA, uh, the uh, Toronto area, and what you see, sort of where you live and going in and out of town, are you starting to see more construction sites? I mean, I know construction has carried on through the pandemic, but is there now a bit of an uptake in uh, what you can see happening out there? Yeah, construction side, there's an uptake in residential buildings, condominium buildings, so there's still a need for housing. Um, there's been a big boom, especially in the East Durham. Um, a lot more developments are going up. Uh, so we'll, we've seen that and it's going to continue growing. And I think because of the pandemic, we've seen in Canada, coast to coast, things that we need. So we need more hospitals, long-term care facilities, research facilities. So all of that came through from the pandemic, what we lack. And I think you'll see more infrastructure geared towards the hospitality side, long-term care, things of that nature, because pre-pandemic we didn't have enough now we know that we need more mm. so i think we'll see more cranes going around in toronto and outside of that as well and also what we can see from some of the sort of procurement exercises that are uh, in the press at the moment is infrastructure rail especially public transport that seems to be getting a bit of a boom as well now yep there's a the scarborough uh is working on that as well, the rail. So that's uh, been going forward on um, implementing that. Um, again, a lot more people are out. Um, so you need more ways to get to places, whether it be the office or um, buildings, construction sites, or restaurants. So a lot more money is geared towards infrastructure. And we've seen that through the last few months. So uh, it's going forward. I think it's going to be a good outlook for us. Yeah, I mean, just to echo that, the 
one thing that came out of the pandemic is that in Canada there is no pharmaceutical industry, uh, particularly for manufacturing vaccines, which, you know, that's not, that's a wake-up call, isn't it? You can't, you, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. you've got to be able to make your own vaccines. Somebody. So that I'm sure there'll be plenty of investment uh, going into that subsector. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, well, that is our allotted uh, time. Uh, so thank you for your insights. Uh, they've been uh, interesting and valuable. Uh, I guess we should uh, congratulate Kenny, uh, Mary, uh, the team from the CCA uh, that yeah. put the conference together. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure it was quite stressful with the uncertainties <laughs> around restrictions and everything, but uh, they did a, what sounds like a fabulous job uh, in putting together a, a wonderful uh, event. So well done them. They did yeah, a great sure job, and of course, it took some courage to do it. Um, but it's, it's paid off in spades. <clears throat> and I, yeah, I'd just like to say thank you know Ray Bassett, who was who led the CCA during the last year and signed off uh, last week. Uh, he, he, I mean, did a tremendous job, and of course, his uh, successor Brendan Nobes is picking up the the baton, and he's obviously on the. On the way out of the pandemic, I, I, I wish him uh, a tremendous year. Yeah. Next Fantastic. year's conference is in Tucson, which is going to be different, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Tucson. Yeah. Hot weather, yeah. Uh, well, I might come to that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, again, thank you uh, both for your time. Uh, if you did attend the conference uh, and you've been listening in, uh, please do comment. Uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, if you agreed, disagreed, or uh, had any further thoughts on anything that Tim and Sheldon said, um, or if you want to uh, come on a future podcast uh, and give us a little bit more of your own insights uh, in any of the topics that we discussed today or anything else that might be uh, what you think is a, a burning topic for the construction industry, uh, please do get in touch. It'd be great to have you on. Uh, finally, please do like, subscribe, share all those fantastic things that we all do with uh, YouTube videos and social media and uh, look forward to seeing you again next time. Terrific. Bye. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Want to learn more about how Invent can help your business maximize its bottom line? Head on over to www.invent.com and get in touch with our team today. Thanks for joining us this week on the Construction Big Breakfast. Make sure to visit our website, www.invent.com, where you can subscribe to the Construction Big Breakfast on all platforms so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a positive rating. Or if you'd simply share it with a friend, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.